This is it, Mountain Bike Talk SA. It's been uh, in the pipeline for a while and just really excited to finally have it up and running. My name's Brad Brown. Thank you so much for listening to this or, and downloading it. Really do appreciate you taking the effort and, and having a listen to, to what we've got to say and also what we're trying to achieve with this podcast. Just so you know, it is going to be a weekly podcast that's aimed specifically at the South African market. So if you're a South African mountain biker interested in South African races, South African topics, this is the podcast for you. It's amazing to have you on board. And hopefully every single week we can bring you content that really excites you and gets you fired up uh, about the program as, as I am. If you'd like to be in touch with us, if you've got any suggestions, we love hearing from you. Uh, you can pop me an email. It is podcast at mtbtalksa.co.za. So it's mountainbiketalksa.co.za. You can also follow us on Twitter. It's the same Twitter handle. It's at mtbtalksa. So at mountainbiketalksa. Uh, and then you can also like our Facebook page as well. Lots of stuff going on on there. Just search for us, mtbtalksa on Facebook. It's as easy as that. Getting into this week's show, the first one, uh, very, very excited to have caught up with Vanessa Haywood. Uh, you might recognize the name. She was uh, one of the stars of the South African hit movie District 9. Uh, she is uh, an avid mountain biker. She's also uh, one of the stars on uh, the celebrity edition of South African Survivor from a couple of years ago, doing amazing, amazing things in the mountain bike uh, circles in Cape Town and hopefully expanding nationally as well. Find out exactly what Van's got uh, up her sleeve. We also chatted to Sean Bardenhorst, who is the editor of Tread Magazine. They put on some, some great skills workshops around the country. We find out about those clinics. And then if you are looking for a stage race to do, I chatted to Fiona Coward from the Red Island Race. It's a, a multi-stage race that's happening on the island of Madagascar. That uh, sounds phenomenal. Uh, so that's all coming up on this week's show. Let's get straight into it. It's amazing how many sort of people who are from different walks of life and, and do different things all end up on bicycles, and in particular mountain bikes. And one of those, Vanessa Haywood, she's got a very, very diverse background. You might uh, know the name from the movie District 9. She was in that. She was also uh, on the South African Survivor. You've seen her on magazine covers. She was on the cover of Modern Athlete just a couple of months ago. Van, thanks a lot for taking the time to chat to us today. It's good to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Brad. It's good to be back. Uh, you are heading off to the States in just a couple of days' time. There's a, a pretty big mountain bike race that you're going to be riding while you're over there, aren't, aren't you? Yeah, we're leaving in a couple of days for Colorado. I'm so stoked. It's going to be my first big international race. I've done a couple of like trail races and mountain biking races when, when traveling, but nothing to write home about, you know, just sort of short distance marathon um distance and that kind of thing and this one is the Leadville 100 miler it's, it's got the same name as the trail run um super well known in the u.s and worldwide actually it's they both are um very old races i think 25 to 30 years old and um yeah it's the, the one challenge however is that it's at 3,000 meters above sea level and that's the starting point wow <laughs> so the the altitude um does present a, a bit of a, a challenge. So I'll get there three weeks before my race, and then Ryan gets there four weeks before his race. He's also doing the level 100 miler, but the, the trail running version, obviously. 
Speaking of which, uh, you have just recently got engaged. So congratulations, Ori and Ori. Yes, thank you very much. Getting yeah, married to Ryan just, Sand. That's fantastic. <laughs> just over a week ago, and it was it was really cool. So romantic. He doesn't have a romantic bone in his body, <laughs> but boy, did he pull out the stops that day. So it was really cool. Did he get a consultant in to help him? I don't know. <laughs> but he got down onto one knee, and there was champagne and... It, and and a, and like a, a dramatic sunset in the background. No, it was pretty cool. It was I couldn't have thought of a better way to get engaged. It was really really cool. It's fantastic. And my ring is amazing. That's great news. So just an, an, a question on that Leadville hundred miler. Uh, is it the same route that they run, or is it a different route? No no no, it's a different route. Uh, yeah, trust me. Good grief. I've run I've run on parts of. Uh, uh, quite a bit of the the trail run route, and uh, it's not it's not, not rideable. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the the route is a little more manicured. Uh, it's not very technical. Some of it is a, is sort of loose gravel, um, which you know can get technical on descending fast, or even uh, you know ascending can get tricky. Um, there's a little bit of single track. It's mostly district road and jeep track. Um, there's a very, very gnarly climb just before the turnaround point because it's an out and back. And um, it's got a couple of ruts in, um, so it's a bit difficult on the climb, but also very dangerous on the on the, on the descent. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I'm looking forward to it. I, I love hearing you talking like this because, Van, let's be honest, you were never a mountain biker. This is a, a fairly new thing, and you've taken to it like a, a duck to water. Well, I've actually been mountain biking for this will now officially be the tenth year that I've been mountain biking. But you know, when I first started off, it was very recreationally. It was I didn't take it seriously at all. I did the odd race. I fell on my face a couple of times when I was twenty six years old. I ended up in hospital for an entire weekend after coming off my bike at about fifty five k's an hour. <laughs> Um, and got the handlebars in my spleen. But um, yeah, over the last three years, I've taken it a lot more seriously. And it's become my bread and butter now. It's the way, that, it's the way I earn money and it's, it's, the, it's the way of my life every day. I absolutely love sport, but um, cycling in particular. And you're becoming pretty good at it as well, I might add. I've, I've <laughs> seen some results. Van, I'm impressed. <laughs> Thanks so much. It's actually quite rad because it really was a conscious decision a few years ago. I was like, you know, the the um, film industry is fairly slow going in South Africa. It's sort of ad hoc. It comes and goes. It's certainly not something you can earn money with on a day-to-day basis. And um, I just love sport and I've always been sporty. So it really was a conscious decision to kind of just get – at first it wasn't to earn – money through it that that's i've been really lucky you know through the lot you know over the last couple of years and, and meeting the right people and you know that i've been able to turn it into a career but um about three years ago I made the decision to just take it more seriously and, and be more competitive so i you know got a coach and and i have to say that you know apps were a, a catalyst in that because they were the guys that um, invited me to do the first caps Absa Cape Epic I did, and then also the second one I did this year, and um, they are amazing. And they were the ones that introduced me first to Erica Green, and she was my coach for two years. And I've now got Nico Fitzenmaier, who's my coach now, who's a total machine, and that really does help. And um, 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit of a competitive freak, so I'm quite enjoying, you know, trying, you know, testing myself and my limits. Let, let's talk about those those two apps, okay, Pepe, because obviously the first one, you, you probably went into it thinking, oh, it's going to be all right, but was it a bit of an eye-opener? Yeah, the first one's hell of a scary because you literally do not know what to expect, and anybody who's done one scares the living daylights out of you, um, and it obviously is quite scary uh the distances are crazy the climbing is crazy the amount of days involved is crazy um so i kind of went into it like a looking a bit like a deer in the headlights and um it was a pretty cool experience i mean i did definitely suffered uh, the, the first time round, and um but it was still an amazing experience. This year was very, very different for me. Um, you know, because the route changes every year, you still don't know what to expect. But in terms of kind of how much suffering to expect and the daily routine involved and that kind of thing, I had um, more of an idea of of how, you know, what was going to be expected of me every day. But I got really, really sick, unfortunately, this year. I had really, really bad asthma. There was a hell of a lot of dust on the course and... I just had an allergic reaction to the dust. So uh, in, on, on the Friday, so sort of the, the fifth day or sixth day into the epic, um, I had uh, a really bad asthma attack. So my last three days were re- I suffered. I had to dig so, so, so deep. <laughs> I don't know how I finished. I really don't know how. But it's probably probably those sort of experiences that make you really appreciate it more and, and sort of when you sit back and, and think about it, it probably gives you more satisfaction than the first one. It actually does. Um, I was bleak because I wanted to really absorb every day that I didn't. To be honest, I really had to switch off for the last three days. I literally just had to flick a switch and, um, yeah, switch off because I really, really was suffering. But I... I really thoroughly enjoyed the first couple of days. I was feeling strong. Uh, I was just feeling really good. You know, my, my my technical skills have improved quite a bit, so I was enjoying the technical stuff. And but yeah, that's, yeah, I suppose I could could give myself a little bit of a pat on the back. I don't know if it's stupidity or or what it is, but yeah, I somehow got through those last few days. <laughs> Yeah, gee, I, massive respect, Van. I tell you, that, that race scares the living daylights out of me. And talking of, of different races, you, you, you live down in Cape Town. There's some amazing stage races sort of in the Western Cape, but there's obviously more and more that are now starting around Gauteng and, and out in Mpumalanga and that sort of thing. What, what's the, other than the, the Absa Cape Epic, what would you say if somebody's sitting thinking about doing a stage race in South Africa, what would you, or which one would you suggest? Would you say, you know what, you have to go and do that one? Oh, there's so many. Um, yeah, the race calendar is so full nowadays. Um, geez, there's some amazing races out there. Obviously, my recommendation would not be to start with the Absicape Epic if you've never done a stage race before. That's not going to be a good idea. Save save the Cape Pioneer and the Absicape Epic and the Trans Alpses for when you've done a couple of stage races. But I've done Wines to Wales a number of times. That one is always... Oh, it's just awesome. Um, and then the Ride to Nowhere is a fairly new race. Last year was the um, inaugural year, and that's a, a, a stage race in McGregor. And McGregor is just such a special place, and uh, there's so much entertainment throughout the weekend. It really is like a lacquer family weekend jewel. And 
the distances are really manageable. There's a little bit of everything um, on the course every day, and um, yeah, really enjoyable and, and, and close to Cape Town, so it's not too far to go. I haven't personally done um, Bergen Bush, but I've heard that the Bergen Bush is also awesome. Um, yeah, which other one? Storms River Traverse is amazing. Geez, there's so many. I could go on and on. <laughs> no, I, I just sit here. You're talking about there. Oh, they are. We are so spoiled for choice here in South Africa, aren't we? Yeah, we are. It's it's really really cool. And and internationally, any any sort of on your bucket list that you look at and go, you know what? I want to go and do that. Well, funny enough, Leadville was on my bucket list. So to to be one step closer is really really cool. I mean, obviously, I haven't completed it yet, and. Uh, I think with this, with any with any race, whether it's running or triathlon or mountain biking, you never count your chickens before they hatch because anything can happen on race day. But um, hopefully, I'll have that box ticked in the next couple of weeks. Leadville's a big one, and then um, obviously Trans Alp. I really, really want to see if I can't do that um, next year or the year after. Um, sea otter in the, in the US is also a very popular one. Um, and those are there's there's a couple in Australia as well that I've kind of had my eye on, but I think I think those ones stand out for me in particular. Okay, and Van, if somebody's listening to this and maybe they're fairly new to to mountain biking and they're thinking of of getting going and or, or maybe they're just starting out, what sort of advice could you give to an out and out newbie? Cheapest, I could give so much advice because I think I started in the in completely the wrong way because I. I had decided when I was like 25 years old that I really wanted to take up a new sport that I'd never done before and I was bored with sort of going to gym and um, I'd finished varsity and I wanted to do more sports. So, you know, mountain biking, thought mountain biking was a good idea and um, Sean Bardnost actually helped me buy my first bike. Um, He assisted with... um, you know, helping me find the right kind of bike. He was the he was he's the editor of Trade Magazine, and he, at the time he was the editor of Bicycling. And um, I bought the bike and kind of just did my own thing. And quite frankly, I think the first, the most important thing, obviously, is the bike that you get and just get um, get some get the right bike. You need to make really really sure you get the right size and the right kind of bike for the kind of riding that you want to do. Um, and then to get some skills coaching because you can really hurt yourself on a mountain bike. And if you're equipped with the skills and how to handle technical stuff, it just makes it so much more enjoyable. I mean, I used to find single track downhill like really daunting because you're scared of falling. But, um, you know, the more, the more you practice, the more experience you have. And then also if you apply the skills that a coach um, gives you, you sort of whiz down those single tracks and it just becomes so much fun. So just make sure that you buy the right bike and, and get some skills coaching. And then start training with, um, with a training group or with some friends and then eventually, you know, into your first race. I think that's sort of the, the steps that you should take. That is, of course, if you want to do races. I mean, I think lots of people just enjoy riding the trails and they're not competitive and they don't want to, to do races. And, and, and they are, some of them are actually quite expensive. So, um, yeah, that's my advice. And I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get as many people involved in the cycling as I can. I've started um, Vanessa and Friends, um, which has been um, a huge success. And I've actually had a number of requests from in Johannesburg and in Durban to please come up there and, and do the social rides up there. Because what I have found with cycling is that we 
it's, it's two things. We sort of, we um, get so caught up in training. Well, I find with a lot of my friends, we get so caught up with training for the next race, whether it's DC or Epic or Wines to Wales or whatever it may be, that you're always sort of just putting your head down and it's balls to the wall and you actually forget why you even started cycling, you know, for the pure enjoyment and for being out in nature. So these social rides really are just an opportunity for newbies as well because I think that that was the second thing I was going to say is that, um, you know, the more seasoned cyclists tend to scare the newbies away because because of that whole sort of really competitive attitude towards training for a race and that kind of thing. So these social rides give newbies the opportunity to join in and we do them on the road um, and on uh, on trail. And it's just an opportunity for everybody to get together, network a bit, chat and that kind of thing. And then um, hopefully later this year I'll be launching um, ladies mountain biking skills weekends, which uh, I think is going to be loads of fun. I'm actually really looking forward to that. So I'm still working on that. And um, yeah, so watch the space. Wow, I'm, I'm sure I'll put more information on my on my website, which is just it's easier. It's VanessaHaywood.com. But soon enough, um, ladies can enjoy a weekend away with with me and learn more about um, you know skills on the mountain bike as well as mechanics. I know lots of chicks like to be uh, empowered and like to be able to fix their own chain and change their entire and that kind of thing. And I'll also be talking a bit about nutrition and that kind of thing. So That sounds pretty cool. Van, I'll tell you, when you do launch that, please let us know. We'd love to, yeah. to get you on and, and get all the details. But talk, talking sure. about the, that, that Vanessa and Friends ride, you mentioned it's just happening in Cape Town at the moment. Where, where can, can people sort of get hold of you? Or, or if they can, they just pitch up and come and ride? Yeah, it's, it's just it's free and it's open to the public. And there's always... Um, there's always the fun prizes, spot prizes at all of the rides, and generally we have um, sort of a coffee a coffee sponsor on board. The last one we did, we had Vida in Heart Bay. Um, we were on board, and they gave everybody um, free cappuccinos, which was great. And um, I just advertise them through social networking, so they're on my Facebook page and on Twitter and then on my website as well. Because of the amount of traveling I do, they are fairly sporadic for now. They're sort of like once every two months. But, I mean, anybody who's active on social media will, will catch it because, you know, when, when there is one happening, there's a lot of retweets and it's kind of like out there so people know more or less where it's going to be. No, I also send out a flyer. I send out a flyer to my um, my contact list. So if anybody does want to be added to my contact list, they must just um, uh, email me on Facebook or, or tweet me, and I can just add them to that contact list. I think that makes it easy as well. Brilliant, Van. I'll I'll pop all those details on our website too. So if if folks uh, they can just go straight through from the the show notes at the bottom of this this episode on. Uh, mountain bike talk yes so it's that easy it's funny you mentioned sean bardenhorst as well because we we chatted to him on this week's show too or uh, about a skills clinic that he's doing up in joburg so uh, he he's a legend oh, i was actually supposed to do one of his skills clinics um because you can never you can never learn enough about about skills and i was supposed to do one of his uh, at the end of last year and then he had to cancel last minute because he broke his toe chase running after his cat <laughs> so he cancelled his trip down to Cape Town. So I still haven't done one of his, but he, yeah, he's a rock star. Awesome, Van. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. Today. I know you're hectically busy, sort of trying to get everything together for your trip to the states. All the best for that race as well. And, Thanks so uh, much. We look forward to catching up with you when you're back and, and finding out more about those ladies' workshops. Thanks so much, Brad. Keep well. 
Well, there's uh, some amazing resources as far as mountain biking goes here in South Africa. And I wanted to chat to, to one of them. Uh, and it's uh, Tread Magazine. I've got the editor on the show this week, Sean Bardenor. Sean, welcome on to Mountain Bike Talk SA. I'm uh, really chuffed to have been able to touch base with you and, and, and sort of catch up. Thanks for having me on your show. No, not a problem at all. Before we get into exactly what you guys do, tell me a little bit about Tread as a brand. What do you guys do and, and what are you involved in? Tread's a mountain biking specific brand that was launched just over five, just under five years ago, actually. And uh, we uh, we have a, a magazine and a website which covers the media side. And then we also try and grow uh, mountain biking in other areas. And those are specifically trails and women. And uh, coming up soon, we'll also be doing more events as well. Okay, that sounds fantastic. I mean, you, you mentioned the magazine got going straight away. Have you always been involved in, in, in media and publishing? Yes, I've, uh, I'm actually uh, a sports journalist. I would studied sports journalism. Well, I studied journalism uh, once I finished my national service many, many years ago. And then I went into newspapers initially as a sports journalist and uh, then evolved from there into into uh, magazines, but uh, more recently into cycling-specific magazines. Okay, and how do you find the market? I mean, obviously, there's a, a massive boom in, in mountain biking in South Africa at the moment. I think there's probably lots of reasons for it. Uh, safety on the roads being obviously one of them, so a lot of roadies are, are moving across to, to the off-road side of things. How are you guys finding the, the sort of growth of the sport? It's actually growing uh, quite remarkably. We thought it might top off at some point in the last sort of two to three years, but it actually has continued to grow, which is quite encouraging. Um, there are, def as you say, there are many reasons for it. Obviously, safety on the roads is, is not great in this country. But, of course, safety, um, safety riding on your own in the bush isn't great either. So, um, as a result, we've been trying to encourage the growth of new trails, on private land where we're riding uh, alone or, or sort of with small groups is still quite safe. So, yeah, there's uh, as, a, as, as a sport, it, it appeals to um, both genders and obviously all ages. Okay, and then something you guys are involved in too, and that's sort of what, what tweaked my interest, is you guys do skills workshops. Tell me a little bit more about those. Yeah, we, we, uh, we realized, well, we, we've known this for quite some time, that if you are not confident or comfortable on your bike, you're not going to enjoy your ride. And if you're not enjoying your ride, you, you're unlikely to want to ride again too, too soon or too often. So we, uh, we set about um, creating uh, skills clinics, which are, uh, are very well designed. We, we actually partnered with an Australian guy, Jeff Vorpagel, who's, who's not, no longer a partner with us on the clinics, but he, he had a great foundation and he'd worked them out really well where where the uh, progression was 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 uh, done in different levels. So um, we we have different level clinics. So we have uh, intermediates one, intermediate two, and advanced. And you can't just go and do an intermediate two without doing an intermediate one because there's a whole lot of fund fundamentals you need to have in place first. Okay, and and talk me through that 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 first one, the 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 the, the entry sort of level course. If I'm an out and out newbie, what can I expect if if I go along to one of those? Well, we we like we like to we like for people to have been riding for a, a few a few months at least at least three months on their mountain bike so that they're that they're familiar with their gears and their brakes and uh, and have a little bit of control um, in in a controlled environment I suppose so maybe on a dirt road they'll feel comfortable and safe and then we obviously um, 
we go through a whole lot of basics in terms of, of the physics of mountain biking because essentially you're a moving object over over different gradients and uh, throw in gravity and and I suppose human natural human fears and suddenly you have uh, you're quite vulnerable at, at points in your mountain biking especially on certain kinds of obstacles so we explain exactly uh, the physics behind mountain biking and then we put it into practice on the clinics sounds amazing where do, where do you do these clinics Sean uh, we we do them uh, at four different venues around the country at the moment. Um, in Gauteng, we do them at the uh, PwC Cycle Park in Bryanston. In KwaZulu-Natal, we've been doing them at Hollett Trails, just outside Belito. In the Western Cape, we've been doing them at the Tigerberg Mountain Bike Club in Durbanville. And in the Eastern Cape, we've been doing them at, uh, at, at a couple of different venues, depending what was suitable at the time. But uh, there was a lot of rain when we did them, so... We had to move around a bit, but I think we've we've settled on Haterdale, which is uh, just near Edo, uh, outside uh, Port Elizabeth. Okay, then how often do you run these these uh, clinics? We have quite a lot. We have them quite regularly in Gauteng. There's a big demand in Gauteng for, for skills clinics, um, and they're constantly full. We, we actually have to usually schedule more to, to deal with the overflow. The clinics aren't, uh, aren't massive. We can take a maximum of 18 on one clinic only, so... Um, but uh, it's um, it's important to to keep the numbers like that so that uh, you know we can obviously focus on each rider and make sure that uh, everybody is is uh, moving along with the progress of the of the group. So um, so that's that's essentially where we sorry about that. That's essentially where we have the um, uh, uh, what the numbers are like. Okay, and then and, and as far as costs go, if if somebody's looking to to maybe go on one of these skills clinics, what are they looking at? Uh, the cost is 400 rand per person per clinic. The cost hasn't changed uh, in the last two and a half years since we've been running them. Um, uh, I prefer to call it an investment than a cost because, uh, as you know, uh, people spend at least 5,000 rand on a decent mountain bike, uh, many of them much more than that. So by investing a bit of uh, money in in improving their, their skills, they're uh, uh, essentially going to enjoy their purchase, uh, their bike, a lot more. And... Uh, will probably end up saving a lot of money on their medical aid as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Sean, and then how long does one of these clinics, clinics last? Um, they last for between three and four hours, depending on the numbers. Um, we, On our intermediate one clinic, we start off with about 45 minutes of theory, and then we go into the riding. And then on our intermediate two clinic, which is a, a step up and uh, a little bit more intimidating for some, um, that people can only really go into that clinic once I feel they're ready. Um, to 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 move on, uh, that clinic lasts about three hours. It's it's straight into the riding, though. No theory involved there. Okay, and and if people want to sort of get in touch and they want to find out more, is the best place to get more info or maybe sign up for one? The best place is the Tread Skills website. Um, it's uh, it's got all the information as well as the dates, the venues, the start times, um, and it's also got a booking form. So people can just uh, visit www.treadskills.co.za. Cool. I'll pop that link up on, on our website as well uh, so that folks can just sort of click straight through to that if, if they want as well. Sean, you mentioned that for somebody who's, who's sort of maybe an out-and-out newbie just getting into the sport, they probably need a, a two or three months' worth of experience before they come and see you. What would you say to them? What do they need to do in order to get up to that level where you can actually help them? Well, we, we'd like them to at least uh, have possibly been for a bike setup, uh, or if they did buy their bike at a reputable uh, store, that, the, that they would have been set up properly on the bike. You can't 
control your bike properly or have good comfort if you're not properly set up on your bike. There's obviously different size bikes, um, but there's ways of fine-tuning your setup, uh, and good bike shops will be able to do that. So ideally, we want the people to arrive at our clinic already fairly well set up, and then uh, they need to have a little bit of uh, fitness. It's, it's not super tiring, our, our level one clinic, but it does require you to have some sort of level of conditioning for riding. And uh, yeah, so they need to have been doing a little bit of riding, I would say at least two to three rides a week if possible, um, uh, and possibly uh, up to an hour, hour and a half of riding at a time uh, on the longer rides, just to make sure that, they've, that they're not going to be too overwhelmed by the first clinic. Okay, sounds sounds amazing. Sean, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, I'll pop all those details up on our website. As I said, I know you're pretty active on, on Twitter as well. I'll pop your, your Twitter handle up on our page too, so if folks want to engage with you on the social network, they can. Uh, and yeah, I look forward to, to catching up soon. Super. Thanks very much for the opportunity, Brad. Well, there's some amazing, amazing stage races, mountain bike races here in South Africa. And uh, I've been looking sort of just around at what's available internationally and, and came across one called the Red Island Ride. It's actually on the island of Madagascar. And I thought, you know what, that sounds amazing. It's close to home. Uh, it's easy to get there, fairly easy to get there. And I thought I'd, I'd get the organizers on the show this week. Fiona Coward, welcome on to Mountain Bike Talk SA. Thanks for your time today. Tell us a little bit about the Red Island uh, Ride. How did it come about? It was very bizarre. It was a Malagasy company and a South African who felt that the country needed a bit more exposure, needed a little bit of help because it had been really struggling over the last couple of years in terms of profile. And they decided that to maybe have something like a rally car race would probably kill a few people. So how about a mountain bike race instead, which is much safer. So I was lucky enough to get a call from them and they asked me if I'd be interested and I just leapt at it because I'd been thinking about Madagascar for a while. It just seemed to be one of those places that's wild enough to attract the type of people that um, South African mountain bikers are and in fact mountain bikers all over the world. And I went over about a week or so later and went and had a quick look and then since then I've been traveling back fairly regularly putting together routes, getting to know the people, looking at the structures and um, generally just trying to make it happen. When is, when, when is the race planned to, to, to happen? We'd originally planned it for August this year, but in May we went over to go and do a full-on recce and dry run and we realized that we just needed a bit more time. There's just so much more to discover in the small area that we're trying to cover this first time around and um, it just wasn't, we weren't going to do the place justice. So we've now moved it to the first week of June next year. Okay, awesome. And and tell me a little bit about the race itself. It's going to be a multi-stage race over how many days uh, distance-wise on those stages? What are you, what are you looking at? It's a, quite a tricky one because you want it to be about the biking, but you also want it to be about discovering the country and being able to be a little bit of a tourist and to come away with a feel for Madagascar. So we had to start with something in, in Tananarivo, which is the capital and it's the hub of where everything happens. So we're doing a short prologue there, about I think it's about 17 kilometers, and that'll just kind of launch the event. And then from there, we trek about 200 kilometers south to a town called Ansirabe, where the proper racing starts. And the, it's all in the highlands, which is actually very similar to South African conditions, especially our high felt, um, sort of grasslands, mountainous regions, bit of forestry and all of that as well. The only thing that's vastly different is the millions and millions of rice paddy fields. So the first day is quite a tough one because we have quite a long trek to get between towns because that's how we've worked it is that 
or the accommodation will be in existing towns. And then the days after that are a bit shorter. They're between 50 and 70 kilometers. So it means the guys get in at a reasonable hour and they can actually just enjoy the environment, enjoy the people. They don't have to rush through the days to make sure that they get to overnight stops and make cutoffs and things like that. It's got to be part of the enjoyment is to get a feel for the place and interact with the locals. You talk about rice paddies. I'm taking it uh, Madagascar is quite a, a wet <laughs> wet place. What, what's the weather going to look like in June? What can, can people expect? Very similar to um, Gauteng. Uh, it's dry and it's um, cold. Same sort of temperatures, maybe getting to 18, 20 during the days and dropping to 2, 3 in the evenings. So very similar to this. The wet season luckily is over. That's over by the end of February, mid-March. And um, everything will still be a little bit green because we aren't quite into the depths of winter there. But it'll still be chilly at night. So great riding, I think, from a temperature point of view. And then also all the tracks will be nice and hard. All right. And then just talking of those tracks, I mean, how big is mountain biking in Madagascar right now? Uh, formal mountain biking is not that big. Um, it, cycling is a big part of their culture because it's how most people get around. So there's a lot of um, arbitrary bicycles and every little corner has a little repair shop with um, you know, quite a big range of bits and pieces from brake pads to cranks and tires and things like that as well. But those are sort of cheap and nasty bikes which don't last very long. There are a couple of people making inroads into mountain biking there and trying to grow it. In Tanner itself, there's a series of one-day races taking place now over the winter months. And there's an ex-Olympian, Italian Olympian in Ansirabe who is who he has undertaken to train up mountain bikers and train them to be better cyclists in general. So we hope that this will also stimulate some of the cycling as well and, and in, encourage um, the Malagasy's to see it as something as recreational as well as competitive. And we hope to host as one of our stages a Malagasy championship where the guys that are actually into cycling and into mountain biking can come and race each other because there is no national event that pulls them all together to see who's the best Malagasy rider. Uh, that sounds it sounds amazing. Fiona, with regards to, I mean, just staying on those tracks, I mean, you're saying it's not that big in, in Madagascar. The, the tracks itself, I mean, how technical will it be? Would you really, really need to know what you're doing on, on the tracks? Or, or could, could a, a sort of fairly new mountain biker head across there and, and, and take this challenge on? Yeah, the, the tracks are they're technical in places, but nothing that is earth-shattering that you'd need to be a Greg Minard type to, to manage it. But the, the primary thing is you need to be fit because being in the mountainous area, and if you go and look at the profiles that we've loaded onto the website, you can see that there is a hang of a lot of climbing. So the, the primary consideration is that you must be fit. And then technically, because so much of it is single track, you need to be able to ride that sort of stuff well because it's otherwise it's just too slow. So you need to have a, you need to have a level of competence, otherwise you, you're not going to enjoy it that much either. Okay, and then from a, a logistical point of view, getting over to the island, I mean, how, how difficult and how, or how accessible is, is Madagascar from a South African perspective? So say, for instance, somebody wants to, to ride it and they live in Cape Town or maybe they're in Durban, how difficult is it to get to, to, to the island? Oh, it's really easy. Airlink has uh, daily flights across there and it's three and a half hours, which is really quick. So, you know, you basically have your lunch, read a book and then you're pretty much there. And um, 
it, the part the flights are quite expensive because it's a small plane that goes across there but once you're there it's it's a fantastic country to visit because it's it's cheap and it's the people are friendly and they're just they're kind and they're just helpful and it's a wonderful culture that one one is exposed to but yeah getting across is not a it's not a challenge at all it's it's really really easy okay and then you, you mentioned the costs i mean flights might might be a major consideration but the actual cost of the race itself is it comparable to maybe doing a stage race here in south africa I think it's probably quite good value relative to a lot of the events here because we're charging 28.7 and that's because the Rand tanked against the Euro and all of that which was a bit of a blinder and that includes everything. The only thing you need to bring is your spending money and so that includes your flight from Joburg, it includes your extra luggage, it includes all your meals, all the accommodation, all the transport. You really don't have to worry about anything other than just bringing yourself and your camera and um, and just bringing your sense of adventure and and your bicycle obviously that's that's an important one yeah that would be good because I don't think you want to rent one over there Fiona if somebody's listening to this and they want to get more info on on the race where can they can they get all that the main source of information is the website which is redislandride.com we also have a lot of information turning over on our Facebook site and via Twitter. But in, in, in all the detail about the race routes and the getting there and all of that sort of stuff, it's, it's an awesome, awesome videos to show people what it's all about. You'll find it on the website. All right, Fiona, what I'll do is I'll pop those URLs on, on our page, so on our website as well, on, on uh, mountainbiketalksa.co.za. So folks can just, just follow the link through there. We'll put your social media profiles up there too. And if anybody's got any questions, I'm sure they can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. And just a reminder that the entries for the race are reopening on the 1st of August and we've cut the number of riders we're taking just because we found some amazing places. I mean, how bizarre is this? We found this lovely little lodge that can squeeze in about 50 or 60 riders and we decided, well, it's just too nice to miss out. We have to go there, so we must just reduce the number of riders. So so the field, you're looking at, at how many maximum? About 50. We hopefully can squeeze in a few more, but at the moment we're opening the initial entry to 50. Yeah, that's it's so exclusive, and it's, it's just going to be such an amazing experience, I'm sure. Fiona, I want to wish you all the best. Uh, if there's anything else we can do in the build-up to it, or if there's any info you'd like to, to let our listeners know, please be in touch, and we'll be more than willing to, to pass that info on. Thanks, Brad. I really appreciate it, and hopefully we'll see you across there one of the events. I'd, I'd love to. Fiona, thank you so much, and we'll chat soon. Well, that's it for episode one of Mountain Bike Talk SA. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you. Thanks a lot to our guests as well. Really do appreciate their time here on the show. And uh, if I could just ask you a massive, massive favor, if you did enjoy the show, if you wouldn't mind sharing this link uh, with the guys and girls that you ride with, uh, and if you think that they'd enjoy the program as much as you did, I'd really, really appreciate it if you could help just spread the love and, and, and sort of get word out there about Mountain Bike Talk SA, and let's try and get the number numbers up because obviously if the numbers are up we get the best guests and we can chat to everybody who you want to chat to here on the program as always we love being uh, love when you're in touch with us as well you can pop me an email it is podcast at mountainbiketalksa.co.za the email address is on the website as well you can get it from there and if you are on forums like the hub.co.za we'd love uh, if you could help spread the word and just get it out there that you listen to a podcast on mountain biking it happens weekly and and just Uh, send some people our way who might be interested in listening to this podcast so until next week have yourself a fabulous week and we'll chat soon cheers bye